This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Entrepreneurs Get Visible. We're talking today about what it means to be a visionary founder and we're going to be going into exactly what that means when I'm joined today by my guest, Lisa Mitchell. So Lisa Mitchell works with energetic coaches and visionary founders of some quite incredible companies, the people really at the top of their game with big brands that you will have heard of. So the reason we've got Lisa on today is she has now just launched her podcast, Visionary Founders Podcast, to support those leading cutting edge individuals, CEOs, founders, creatives, whatever background they've come from to support these massive companies that will have social impact. So congratulations, Lisa, on the launch of your new show and welcome to to entrepreneurs get visible. Oh, thank you. I'm so, yeah, I, I've just been excited all morning and I'm really excited to talk to you about it today as well. So let's let's get into this. What, in your world, what does it mean to be a visionary founder? Who is that? So a visionary founder to me is someone that creates something from that sense of vision and passion. So they have, I always say that these people have a big dream in the world. And it may be that they've already put that into place. You've already got a big organization. You've got lots going on. Or I sometimes say to people, it might just be that you've got that impulse inside of you. You know, and I found that in my business. People at various points in my business have said to me, oh, why don't you just like be a consultant and charge a couple of thousand a day and have an easy life? And I know I can't do that. I, I have to have an impact. I'm always growing and evolving. So it's having that vision and feeling that in your kind of gut and soul and DNA and then bringing that out in the world. That's a visionary founder to me. So talk to us about how you ended up doing this and the kind of people, the kinds of people that you work with. So I was reflecting on this, actually. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was reflecting on it because I said I never kind of intended to work with founders, really, at the beginning of my career And actually, I used to work for Sainsbury's. That was my last corporate job. And as part of that, I worked in the brand marketing side. And part of my job was to look after the Jamie Oliver contract. So he did the advertising for Sainsbury's at the time. So I got to know him and his agent and his organization really well. And in actual fact, they became my first client. So when I I worked in marketing, I retrained as a coach. And when I left Sainsbury's to set up my coaching consultancy, they were my first ever clients and I worked with them for a number of years. And I just somehow, I think I had this entrepreneurial thing in me, which I have no idea where it came from. There's no one else entrepreneurial in my family, just me. Um, but working with him and seeing how that company evolved. And then somehow I, I just seemed to get other visionary uh, founder clients and it grew from there. So I think it must have been something in me that resonated with them. And then it kind of built from there. So working with people at such an incredibly high level, what do you see as the, the, the common blocks, the common d- denominators around what they're doing? Yeah, it's really interesting because I think what they have as their strength is that vision and passion and almost a bloody mindedness to get the thing out there. You know, they, they, they don't let challenges stop them. But what I find often is that the, the business it's like an extension of them. And I sometimes describe it this way, and I feel this way a bit about the podcast. You know, it's like you give birth to something, right? 
And then it's really personal. So the biggest challenge I see really with visionary entrepreneurs is allowing the organization to have a life and energy of its own. So quite often they grow something and it's all good at the beginning and it all flows and they love it and they draw the right people to them. But then at some point, the business gets too big to manage it in that way. And so what I've seen a lot is those visionary founders become bottlenecks for their business because they feel like only they can feel it in the way they feel it. And only they can kind of have that next intuition, that next vision. So what I'm working with a lot with these organizations and founders is saying, what if you could create what I call co-visionaries in those organizations so that if I'm working with you, if I come and work for your organization, Anna, I'm not only delivering on your vision, I'm really claiming my own. And those two things come together. So even if you look at you and I, I can feel that resonance of trying of what we what we're passionate about in the world and what we want to create. So it isn't just that I'm working with you, it's that we're forming something together. And I think when you do that, it's easier for founders to let go. That becomes challenging though, doesn't it? Because when you're creating something for yourself, you do feel very much like it's your baby. Yeah. And there's actually, I guess, potentially a threat from having someone else come in with their own creativity and their ideas. What if they don't like mine? What if my ideas aren't then heard? So how do you manage that? So I think it's about having boundaries. So for the founder, it's not controlling everything, but being very clear in your vision. So the other thing I really help these founders with is being super clear on the vision and being able to articulate that. Because they live in such a creative realm that often they speak something, they think it's clear, but for people around them, they're still in confusion. So it's helping sort of translate that vision through and knowing that just because I've got other people involved and just because I'm allowing them to to have their own freedom with it, I still get to set the boundaries. So I sometimes describe it as like a big circle where the founder holds the outside of the circle And if I'm somebody within that circle, I can say, look, I've got this brilliant idea for this, that and the other. And as the founder, I get to say, well, okay, that fits with my vision. Go ahead. I see it. Or, okay, that doesn't fit with my vision, but feel free to go and deliver that somewhere else in your life. (laughs) Because I think as we move through the generations also, that, you know, millennials and beyond don't just want to have their thing at work anyway. They want to become themselves in all different areas of their life. So within the organization they're in, they might say, well, okay, I can do these pieces in here and that fits with the founder's vision and we can grow. And I might have another passion that I happen to create something with around here and the company supports that also. Do you see what I mean? So That's an interesting thing to highlight that there there does seem to be a bit of a, a pivot in the way a lot of corporations are thinking about their employees now, if they are forward thinking. And instead of feeling constrained and irritated by people who want to go and create something of their own, that actually the companies that are getting the best out of their employees are the ones who allow that creativity on the side. Absolutely. And you know what? I have been banging that drum for about eight years. (laughs) And it's interesting because I actually, I do do some work still with big corporations who, again, want to create change and want to create what I'm calling the founder mindset and that visionary leadership in their organizations. And I delivered a virtual event for L'Oreal on Friday, like 400 people in it. 
And I was having exactly that conversation with the division owner, the, the head of the division. And she was saying to me, we were both agreeing that, that people need to have this whole life perspective. And I love her because she's comes from our perspective of kind of like, this is about how people grow and evolve being part of this bigger thing called L'Oreal. And I think companies now are almost being forced into taking that whole life perspective because if they don't, people will walk. They just won't want to stay in there long term. And when you do have people who are talented, you want to retain them. And so giving people that freedom is is empowering on both sides. It is. One of the things I'm curious about with knowing the level of people that you work with, do you think it's more challenging for someone who is a visionary at that level with, you know, corporations that are bringing in millions potentially and beyond? Do you think it becomes more challenging to admit that you need help in some way? I think it does because I think if you imagine somebody that's brought something amazing into the world, so whether that's Jamie Oliver, whether it's, say, Natalie Massonet at Netta Porte, who, you know, brought a new vision into the world, you kind of have to have a high ego strengths to, to, to have the wherewithal to do that, you know? And so it's born out of a personal passion. And I think they really have to push it from that personal energy at the beginning. And because of that, they get used to operating that way. And it feels weird to let go and to let somebody else take responsibility for it. And I have to say, you know, I'm sure you've had this with your business, Anna, and I've had it in mine, is that I've really had to see almost energetically myself and the business as separate entities. And that me as Lisa Mitchell fuel this thing, this organization, but we're not the same thing. And when I realize what my bigger passion is and that I fulfill that passion as a mum as much as I do in my business and I get to fulfill elements of me in different ways, but I have had to really let go of that thing of the business is me and I'm the business. It's too entangled and it becomes really difficult then to let other people in. That that's a challenging thing because my, my my business umbrella is Anna Park Enables Limited. And we I very deliberately went with a, a name for the company that's my personal brand because previously I felt that I had pigeonholed myself in a limited company name that was too small and that felt really uncomfortable. But as we grow Anna Park Enables Limited, we've actually got sort of subdivisions, if you like, yes. that are their own entities that I can grow, if I expand and evolve. But for example, if we wanted to sell off the podcast agency at some point, we don't, just in case you're listening. But if we wanted to sell off that production element or the consultancy element, it's got to be beyond me. And and yet when I'm very passionate about what I do, so how do I make sure that everything that I'm able to deliver, I empower others to deliver as well? That is a challenge. It's about letting go. I found it incredibly challenging for yeah. <laughs> want of a better word yeah. to bring on really capable individuals and let them fly in their own manner without having that kind of ego trip of you're not going to do it well enough or that fear factor of you're going to let me down yeah when there's that energy in there they aren't going to do the job you you want them to do because you're not letting them have responsibility. And as I'm talking about this, what's really coming up for me is in the Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of, I can't remember the full title of the highly successful people. 
there's actually a video that he talks about it in the book and there's actually a video that accompanies it of him sharing how he encouraged his seven-year-old son to take responsibility for looking after his garden. And obviously, this is really just a huge metaphor for how you empower people, colleagues, employees, whatever you call them, people who come and work with you, in that you you give them the garden, you give them the job, you tell them the deadlines, and then you ask them, how's that going? You don't yeah. micromanage, you give them responsibility, you let them make the mistakes and empower them to correct them. Yeah, I haven't got this licked yet. I haven't got this mastered. <laughs> Well, and also, I think it's also, I often say to people, you know, that this person may do this job in a completely different way to you, right? So so when you watch how, how it evolves, you're, you're probably going to be dying to jump in and go, but, 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 that's not the way I would do it. But actually, you have to allow them the freedom to create in their own way. And that's why I say the clarity is so important up front is to say, look, this is what I want. This is what it looks like. This is how I'm seeing it. This is the goal. And then allow them to find their own ways to that goal. Because the advantage of that is potentially you end up with something that's that's beyond what you imagined, mm-hmm. but has your vision and their vision in it. And, and the sum total of that is bigger and better. It creates a, a new life of its own. Exactly. And so when you so imagine the podcast agency and you kind of you decide at some point that's kind of going off over there, it may morph and change into something that's beyond what you thought it would be at the beginning because you bring in some brilliant people and they bring their own vision to it. Mm-hmm. And that to me is where organizations and entities get really exciting. And you have to trust in that, don't you? To say, I trust that I'm going to allow this to grow in a way that I can't predict right now and I can't control and and trust that it's the right thing, you know, but not abdicate. That's the key thing. And not, yeah, not be dig- dig- didact- didactorial. Is that the right word? I never know if I can pronounce yeah. yeah, yeah. So then in getting this new podcast out there, yeah, talk to me about why. Why have you wanted to do this? And who are you trying to reach? So I've wanted to do something for a while that gives me that mass market kind of reach. And if I chose an easy life, I could just work with the clients I've got and, you know, get paid, you know, a nice consultancy rate to do it. But I've always had this thing in me that I want, ultimately, I want to create a different way of living and working. That's my bigger vision that sits over everything. So I've always believed that we should do jobs that we're passionate about, that play to our strengths, that, you know, literally I go to work and think, wow, I love it. I love the fact that I get to be me, that I can stretch and grow in here, that it fulfills who I am as an individual on the planet, you know? And I've been in corporate life. You know, I used to be in Sainsbury's where people would get in the lift on a Monday and go, oh my God, it's Monday, you know? And then Thursday, Friday, I'd be like, woo, it's nearly the weekend. And I can still remember that. Of thinking, what the hell, right? Why on earth would you live your life that way? It's never made any sense to me. So I think I'm very lucky to do what I do, but it's not really lucky. It's because I chose it. So I want to kind of get this spirit of, why don't we all do that? Why don't we all do work that fulfills what we think is amazing and that we love? Yeah, and and also creates an impact on the planet, Mm -hmm. you know? And I also have a passion because, I've realized I've been doing what I've been doing for like 15 years. I've worked with some really amazing people and organizations. 
And I want to, I know there's so much in that that I can share and distill. So it's not just the big visionary guys, it's actually the people who are starting stuff as well. Mm. And that I can kind of distill stuff into nuggets that they can take and put into their own organizations and that we all grow and evolve faster. I'm curious about what you see coming up for found people at that level, the issues and the sabotaging things that crop up for them. Are they similar to anyone else starting a business? I think if you're a visionary founder, one of the things I've observed is that those people are always evolving and growing. So I have a client at the moment who runs a huge business. It's a family business. It's all family money. She's a multimillionaire. And when I first met her, I said, gosh, you know, you've done amazing things and they've created this great culture and everything else. And she said to me, I feel like I've only just got beginning. I've only just got started. That feels like nothing to me. So, and I find that a lot with the bigger guys. And they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, multi-million pound business, big deal. What's my legacy? What am I creating? What's the next level for me? So I think if you're of that nature, you're always going to be of that nature. You're never going to stand still. I'm smiling very hard because I know that on Friday night, I put out a post saying, I started four years ago in business. I've done this, 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 and this. And I only feel like I'm at the beginning. And in some ways, when people give me that, I guess the validation, oh, you've done so well. Haven't you achieved so much? All I can think is no. Exactly. I've barely scratched the surface of what I know I could do. Exactly. What I intend to do. And and that's the visionary founder, you know, in essence, that's who they are. And to say, you can't, you could sit back and go, well, I earn enough money. I can pay for my family. And, you know, I could just kind of coast now. But you're never going to do that. Neither am I, neither are my clients because it's not in our nature. Mm. So I think what happens to answer your question is every time you step up and out, you go, right, I'm going to do something that's a, a legacy. You know, for me, I'm going to get my voice out here and claim the space as, a visionary entrepreneur myself, as well as for my clients, then the familiar doubts and insecurities come up, right? So we're all human beings. And I think for me, what I've learned is if you're getting those voices in your head, if you feel like, oh my God, will it, you know, will it succeed? Am I an imposter? Do I even have anything to say? Can I create this bigger level of myself? That's just the human condition. And it's just because you haven't done it yet. So your brain, you know, I say to people a lot, you know, your brain and your ego loves the familiar. It wants you to stay where you are, ultimately, because when you go, oh, I'm going to run a training course for 400 people, that doesn't frighten me. I've done that for years. And so your brain goes, okay, that's okay. We're okay with that. When I say, oh, I'm going to launch a podcast and not only talk about visionary founders, but I'm also going to talk about energetics and consciousness and all this woo-woo stuff I didn't talk about, you know, for years when I was doing my corporate stuff then my psyche starts to go, holy crap, really? That's what you're doing? Do we know that's okay? Do we know that you can do that even? Am I safe safe to do that? (laughs) Judgment? What are people going to think? Exactly. So I think we go through, it's kind of like lays of an onion, isn't it? But I don't think, it's funny when when you talk to the big guys, sometimes people put them on a pedestal, particularly in organizations, Mm -hmm. and they're waiting for these magic answers to drop down through the company. And I often say to people, look, you know, I don't want to burst your bubble, but that person doesn't have all the answers either. <laughs> so, you know, if you're expecting them to come up with some kind of grand thing that has all the answers in it, it's probably not going to happen. And actually, it'd be much better if you challenge them and you help their thinking and you help them grow. You know, they're only a human being with all the stuff that we all have at the end of the day. 
So Lisa, I know that you've had as in, in, in birthing this new podcast, <laughs> there's been all sorts of things that have gone on and oh gone wrong God. and have been a challenge behind the scenes. And I think this is actually fairly common. Not that you have self-sabotaged yourself. None of this has been you, that your creation, but that you, as you're growing, as you're expanding, as you're taking up new space or a different space, things go awry. So I'd love you to share, if you feel able, what's gone on for you this week as you knew you were yeah. going in a different, stronger, more powerful direction with your business. Yeah. How long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> just no, in a just, nutshell. I was thinking even even when we started recording the podcast, I had a week blocked out to record the podcast. It was all organized. And then none of my technology worked. I had a new microphone in the box, never been taken out of the box, sat there for a year. I got it out. It didn't work. We couldn't figure out first why it wasn't working. I had to buy a new one. So that set me behind like a week, you know. But also, I I do find this a lot, as you say, with me and my clients. Again, I'm not sure what this is, but it seems to be a common experience in up-leveling. My email stopped working. My work email stopped working. And I had this big event on Friday. So had all these people emailing me and all my emails were bouncing back. Then Google cancelled my Google account. So I didn't have a backup email either. You know, I mean, you just couldn't, I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I? You just couldn't make some of this stuff up. But again, I think this comes back to being a visionary. So there is no way that any of this stuff would have stopped me launching today and creating this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know? And I know also, sometimes I think we do have to realign our energy So I always believe it's energy first and circumstances line up. That's kind of lies behind everything I do. And so I did at the weekend, I went to the beach, which is my happy place. I kind of was like, okay, it doesn't matter. Even if the email doesn't work, even if not everything's lined up, the podcast looks amazing and it's an amazing job. It's all going to be good. And the things will resolve themselves, you know. And then we had some issues with Apple. Apple Podcasts updated everything behind the scenes as well. So we we were having to very quickly learn what Apple had done and what they hadn't done and how we could get this sorted for Lisa too. And I I did want to kind of put Lisa in a situation to share that because sometimes I think if you're uh, much earlier on in your business, you have this illusion that everyone who's doing really successful, amazing things has got it all sorted. And that at some point, it's just going to become super easy. And that doesn't happen. Because there's always going to be tech complications. There's always going to be fits and starts as you're expanding. That's actually normal. Yes, exactly. And you know, I don't know what it is, but you're right. I mean, I, I I was... Thinking the other day, so I was writing, I just launched, relaunched my website as well. And I was writing my story. And as when I was leaving Sainsbury's, which was my last corporate job, again, into a leap into the unknown as a coach, right? And people kept offering me jobs. You know, I kept being offered these amazing people learned that I was leaving Sainsbury's. And then people phoning me up and offering me these amazing like marketing jobs. And I was kind of like, oh my God, this is like crazy. But better opportunities are coming out, having sort of let go of that world than they were before but I think in a way I do think sometimes it's the universe going are you really really you're doing it really you're doing it are are you really committed you know and it really made me more than 100% sure that I was heading in the right direction you know and I think we do find that a lot as visionaries who are evolving as you say it's kind of you think really what earth is going on here like why are all these pieces not lining up but that's where you have to have a strong vision if your vision is strong enough and you can really stay in that energy and you know the bigger, I know why I'm doing this podcast. 
the bigger mission of it. And I'm super excited about it. So all the other stuff will just have to line up, you know, and you have to have that almost, I say, bloody mindedness in a way to be a visionary founder, to create something new in the world. So Lisa, people can come find out more about you on your own show, Visionary Founders Podcast with Lisa Mitchell. So head over to go check that out and wherever you listen to my show and make, and the link will be in the show notes as well. So thank you so much for coming on Entrepreneurs Get Visible today, Lisa. I hope anyone out there who thinks, am I a visionary founder? Head, head over, have a listen and see how much of that kind of speaks to you. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for coming on today. You're really welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.